I'm Richard Wollstonecroft. Richard. Oh, yeah, from Richard. the Unshackled. Richard from the Unshackled. Okay, Richard. I've got my glasses on so I can read my questions. <coughs> maybe Steele, maybe close that front door. Yeah, yeah. Maybe get him to, we can hear him talking, so. Maybe get him to close the front door. Like, is it? Not. <laughs> All right. How are you going? You rolling? Yep, all good. All right. Sound of it? And yep. <coughs> Three. Counter start. Three. Two. Thank you for joining us today. It's a special um, interview uh, on the Unshackled with um, Senator Fraser Anning. It's a pleasure to have you uh, speak to you today, sir. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. Um, this is uh, March the 16th, and there was, a, there was an event yesterday in New Zealand. Would you like to maybe uh, say a few things about that? You've been quoted in, in media, misquoted, I think. Um, would be a better way of putting it. Could you tell us a little about um, yesterday and your thoughts on that and anything you'd like to say on that matter? Uh, yeah, well, um, being misquoted in the media is, is uh, par for the course with me. Uh, the left-wing media um, love to uh, turn things around, but um, <coughs> all I said about that uh, uh, that guy, you know, we, we all condemn his actions, obviously. Uh, I agree. Any, anyone slaughtering uh, innocents is uh, abhorrent to all of us. So. Um, uh, but apparently uh, left-wing media have decided that uh, uh, somehow I'm responsible for some... <laughs> I'm not sure how, but anyway. <laughs> yes, it was, it was very strange. I mean, um, you know, it was a terrible event yesterday, and I think, you know, anyone on, on, on the right would, would condemn the event, and I, I yeah. condemn it myself personally. Um, and you're in Melbourne today to um, tell us a little bit about what you're here to do today in Melbourne. Uh, just coming down here, we're going to launch the party. Um, just on that... Uh, Last point, um, sure. you know, people may not realise, but in the last 30 days there's been 122 Muslim terrorist attack, uh, attacks around the world, killing uh, 857 innocent people and injuring a similar amount. Um, we just don't hear the same outcry uh, from uh, you know, these people are all outraged now, which we all are we over all this, are. this last attack. But, you know, let's be fair, you know, if we're going to be outraged over that... We should be every time. Exactly. It's, the problem is, I think, a lot of the time is that people are so used to, uh, you know, Islamic terrorists slaughtering us in our streets and on our beaches and wherever else they want to and uh, blowing up bloody subways and, uh, and flying aeroplanes into buildings and killing 3,000 people that um, it becomes, uh, you know, so, so mundane and uh, no one seems to get as, as bent out of shape uh, as they do when um, this crazy guy goes in and slaughters people, you know. Do you think there's a danger of a kind of strategy of tension, you know, where, like, you know, possibly the, the Muslim community could hit back and that, you know, you could end up in a dangerous situation where, where there's come, some kind of internecine, almost terrorist kind of uh, war happening, not, obviously not only within Australia or New Zealand, but within Western civilization, with this current, you know, situation sure. as it exists? Yeah, that's right. I, look, you know, after every terrorist attack, Muslim terrorist attack on us, uh, you know, everyone's terribly uh, scared that there's going to be a, a backlash against the Muslims. Well, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if Morrison is prepared for a, a backlash against the whites now. You know, I mean, uh, uh, this white man uh, has, uh, you know, done this, uh, you know, committed this atrocity. 
is there going to be backlash against whites and have they put uh, a few things in place to make sure that they're, that they're, they're protected? You, you were mentioning before about Scott Morrison, I mean, that he, that he funds obviously the Palestinian Authority, which is involved in, in terrorism, and also a Pakistan organisation. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, he's condemned me, you know, but, uh, and so has Turnbull the fool, but um, uh, they, they, uh, they're, they're the greatest hypocrites because their governments are funding the Palestinian Authority for 43.8 million this year. Uh, sorry, last year and, and again this year. Didn't Donald Trump cut their funding? Is that something <laughs> Absolutely. you think the Morrison government should do? Absolutely. They should never... This is Australian taxpayers' money. It's going into a thing in uh, the Palestinian Authority called Pay for Slay, where mm. uh, a Palestinian who goes into Israel and slaughters some innocents um, gets paid for as long as he's in jail, very, very handsomely. And, of course, then there's the, the Pakistans, you know, where we're giving money, Australian tax dollars again, to Pakistan. Which is a terrorist who, uh, state in many ways. Well, they're, they're, uh, they fund terrorism. They support terrorism. The terrorists are going into India and, and slaughtering innocent Indian people there. And, uh, That's where bin Laden was hiding out, uh, just down exactly. the road from... A, you know, a and we're, and we're, uh, we're funding it. So uh, stop the hypocrisy, uh, Mr Morrison. Get off the high horse and, and, uh, and your moral uh, stance on me and, and start doing something that's a little bit proactive, and that is stop funding two states, uh, the Palestinian Authority and the Pakistanis who are uh, using that money to slaughter innocents. Here, here. And uh, I'd like to ask a little bit of questions for people watching this video who don't know too much about Fraser Anning. Tell us a little bit about your background and about your, your new party and your, your, your role in Parliament as a new senator. <coughs> yeah, well, my background is I, I come from a cattle station, sheep and cattle. Um, worked on that until uh, I was married and then uh, got into hotels and uh, because there was not much money in cattle in those days and um, uh, and then I uh, worked in uh, aircraft manufacture and uh, I spent a fair bit of time uh, you know building aircraft and flying them around Australia and then into um, uh, back into hotels and uh, and then eventually into a bit of construction building the gas plants up in Gladstone so uh, then I got parachuted into the Senate uh, with Roberts being put out for being a, um, a dual citizen. And since then, I've, I've been working hard to uh, try and get a little bit of a conservative bent. Uh, you know, everyone in that place, as far as I can see, is so far left. And uh, even the ones who pretend to be conservative are, are gutless wonders, a lot of them. They just don't, uh, they won't back themselves. They won't vote with me on conservative issues. Mm. Uh, so now, uh, because I was independent, I've started my own party. The reason being, I have to be, uh, <coughs> yeah, raise Rannings uh, Conservative National Party. The reason is that uh, we need uh, to, you have to have a party to get above the line in on the Senate uh, sure. ticket. So uh, we should have um, confirmation that we're registered by the 20th, I think, 21st of this month, we're hoping. That's the best uh, case scenario. And then uh, I have quite a lot of good people who have put their hand up who um, are ready to run for the Senate in each state and also quite a lot of lower house seats and we have a huge amount of support. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask a little... I've seen a lot of your comments um, on social media, on Facebook and other media, Instagram places like this, and um, some from, I guess, new right or alt-right groups that might support what you say, but others also from left-wing people who are critiquing what you say. Um, what's amazing, I think, about a lot of the quotes uh, that I see attributed to you, they 
they were almost the opinions of almost everybody's parents or everybody, like my, my for example, my own parents or, or at least from that generation. And that like, it seems to, a lot of what you were saying essentially is the common sense view of the previous generation. Why are you being so um, marginalized? Or, like is some kind of like radical when it seems like the opinions you have are really the, the true voice of the silent majority in this country? Yeah, well, I think that uh, you're right, Richard. The, the um, everyone's moved so far to the left. Yeah. Uh, now Even the, the liberals, the media, and and so anything that's slightly conservative, uh, they'll call out as being, uh, you know, alt right or mm. uh, racist or whatever it happens to be. But um, the people I work with all my life in cattle yards and in shearing sheds and in <coughs> in construction and in hotels that I've met over, you know, in the bars and stuff. Mm. I'm only speaking for the people that I work with and I know, and uh, you know, there's quite a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I say, they they agree with. So um, I'm not going to please a lot of people on the left and I, or other people, but all I can do is speak for the people that uh, I believe that I am speaking for. And uh, according to uh, what we see in our social media, then um, uh, that seems to be working. And are they even the true left? Because, I mean, I agree with what you say. I mean, I've spoken to many people about politics. For example, my mechanic or, like, the plumber or, I mean, you know, you might talk about politics. And, again, they would have views very similar to yours, even though some of them might vote Labor. Mm. But today's Labor um, Party, it has no real... I mean, the Labor Party I knew growing up with, it would at least have to do with, like, wages and workers' rights, I mean, for local people. That's and right. it seems to have nothing to do with it now. It seems to be all this misandrous politics that's very anti-men, either anti European altogether with this That's kind right. of anti-white narrative you're seeing in media, and then also the, the, the whole sexuality and the gender identity politics, which obviously someone like Jordan Peterson has very um, uh, constructively destroyed, you know, from an ideological perspective. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, the Labor Party used to be a great party that looked after the workers, that was concerned with them getting a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. <clears throat> They've lost all that now. They're, um, you know, they're beholden to the Greens completely. The Greens are straight communists. Yes, they are. And so, uh, you know, you're not getting what you expect. You know, uh, you're not, it's not the same party, nor is the Liberal Party, by the way. They, they've gone so far to the left. One time they were the alternative. Yes. They, they were the right, the conservative alternative. And now they're, they're so close to the Labor Party, it's not funny. So you're not getting what, you, what you're uh, expecting. And so the people of Australia, I think, who are conservative, who believe in, a, mm. in working for a living and, uh, you know, a, a, a fair day's pay for a fair day's work, mm -hmm. and also uh, Christian values. values, Australian values, keeping our sovereignty, uh, mm. getting out of the United Nations. You know, no one voted for the United Nations that I know of, but here we are being dictated to by the United Nations. And all three parties, Labor, Liberal and the Greens, are all totally beholden to the United Nations. So if I had my way, I'd be out of the United Nations tomorrow. I'd tear up all their stupid uh, mm. treaties. They've never done a thing for us except mm. for dictate terms. Mm. 93 countries represented in the United Nations, 56% of which are despotic dictatorships or Muslim countries, so yes. you know exactly what they're going to be telling us to do. I know, the Saudis were put in charge of, like, uh, human rights or something, which is the biggest joke on earth in many ways, I think. Um, absolutely, and uh, Iran was just put in there the other day, and they just put a woman in jail for 38 years and 148 lashes uh, with a cane uh, because she didn't like wearing the hijab, you know, yeah. so uh, the, these sort of people, um, you know, uh, why they're on in United Nations and uh, telling Australians 
how they should be living their life is uh, beyond me. Why do you think that so many of our elite politicians are in the control of this? I guess it can be called the globalist kind of agenda or the United Nations agenda. Why do you think it's, it's, they have such power over, I guess, the agenda of both the Labor Party and the Liberal Party? I mean, for example, the banning of, of, of just, I guess, a, a normal middle-of-the-road conservative like Milo Yiannopoulos, who was unbanned recently, but still they were banning him. Yeah, well, who knows? They're, uh, I guess they're all wanting a seat in the United Nations, but uh, you know, as soon as the United Nations tell them to do something, they, they jump to attention. Uh, they'll send money to anyone, uh, our enemies, who use it for uh, anything but what we expect them to. You know, yes. 360 million the other day, uh, last year, to uh, Indonesia, and they bought eight atta uh, attack helicopters. Do you think so. foreign aid actually goes to poor people? No, I think it, it ends does. up in the pockets of the criminals who run these countries, surely. Absolutely. It's actually a money transfer from the West to these globalist criminals? It's wealth transfer. So, you know, uh, the Australians, uh, why we're, we're struggling now and people on good wages who are working hard are still struggling. Mm. Uh, their electricity bills are through the roof and the cost of living is through the roof, the taxation. Um, that, that's just wealth redistribution. And, uh, you know, we've got to get back to some, uh, a bit of sanity here. And mm. the only way we're going to do it, Richard, is getting good, solid cross benches. Uh, elected that uh, conservative people. Uh, I don't mean the wishy-washy ones who are sitting there now. A lot of them uh, you know, tell you one thing on the news and, uh, and the media, and then they do exactly the opposite when it comes to the vote. Yes. There is, this has been a kind of rebellion in Australian politics where independents like yourself, um, I guess you could use an example, someone like Pauline Hanson and others, seem to represent a kind of conservative kind of um, grassroots rebellion. Do you see this as, as something that could coalesce into a power within, within federal politics? I mean, it is already. Well, we need it. We've got no uh, alternative to the left, so we, somebody has to come to the right sooner or later and, uh, and have a you know, conservative nation that uh, believes in, in our values that we did have, you know, the Australia where the family was uh, the unit, yes. uh, that you know, we, we looked after our borders. Uh, these successive governments bringing in uh, Muslims and uh, black Africans, uh, it's been a disaster. In 45 years of, of uh, successive governments, no one's ever asked the Australian people who they want to be their neighbours, who, who they want in their country. And I put a plebiscite, a bill up the other day, or a couple of months ago, to give the Australian people exactly that say. At this next election, we could have, with it, with, without costing a lot of money, like the gay marriage plebiscite, uh, we could have a, um, a vote in there, and you'd say, do you want more Muslim immigration? Yes or no? Do you want, uh, you know, how many more people do you want in this country? Do you want to reduce the amount of people? And then, well, you know why they don't do that, because it would lose. <laughs> and I'm happy for the Australian people to have their say. The, unfortunately, the government is not happy for the Australian people to have their say on that very, very important topic. And we wouldn't have these terrorist attacks and, and people dying in our street like, uh, you know, uh, you know, young Talia Haken yes. and Jess Louie and uh, Zachary Bryant, you know, little three-month-old run over by a lunatic in Burke Street. Yes. Now, you know, we wouldn't have had that and we wouldn't have those sort of attacks if we'd uh, given the Australian people a say on who comes here. Why do you think they don't put it to... Obviously, they put the, um, the same-sex marriage issue to, to a vote. I mean, why has this issue of mass immigration and this kind of almost demographic change of Western countries never been put to a vote? I guess it was put to a vote in the UK in relation to Brexit and um, the English people voted out. But the weird thing is, is like that was almost two years ago right. and there's still this month, the month has to happen. There's still the powers behind the throne, the elite politicians the elite. are trying to de derail it. Could, could you care to speak to Brexit? Yeah, well, <clears throat> that's, that's exactly right. The, the English people had their say, 
it was a resounding uh, you know, uh, agreement that they wanted to get out of the UN. The UN does nothing for them. Mm. Uh, and uh, you're right, the elite politicians have, have stalled and uh, sort of uh, hedged around the point all the time. Uh, May is a complete waste of space. And, uh, you know, let the people that have had their say act on their, on their uh, direction. And uh, that's what we need here. We need the Australian people to have their say, do you want more of these uh, Muslim gangs, uh, you know, the Sudanese, for instance, mm -hmm. who are belting people up here on a daily basis, mm -hmm. another one in Brisbane yesterday, um, or do, would you rather not have them here? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if the Australian people say no, well, then I'm happy to go along with that, uh, so long as our government starts taking a bit of notice. That makes sense. Um, I had a question from a, a fellow by the name of Guy Baker on Facebook. He wanted to ask you what, do you, what you think of Ma uh, Mark Latham, who's somebody who came from Labor but who now is with um, One Nation Party. Do you, what do you think of that whole phenomenon? It's an unusual move politically. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, they've flip-flopped so much. Pauline Hanson was only a couple of years ago telling us that she's worried about being swamped by Muslims, and now she's got one running in uh, for uh, one of their seats. She's been endorsed. Mm -hmm. um, I think the last thing Australia needs is another Muslim in Parliament, because uh, from what we've seen in the UK and France and Belgium and other countries, they get into these positions of power and they uh -huh. vote as a bloc, and and then once they start controlling your politi politics, they'll start controlling us. And the last thing we need is Muslims in here. Uh, I don't even believe they should be swearing their allegiance on, a, on the Koran because it, it, uh, it basically is their, not only their religion, but it's their government as well. Mm. And uh, it's pretty much telling them how they should be running, their, uh, running this country. And I, I, uh, I think there should be none of them in our parliament at all. Fair enough. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to ask you a question about um, the recent Sudanese crime spree that um, obviously had gone unacknowledged for a long time by local police, but I think they've begun to acknowledge it. Um, would you care to comment? There's been recent attacks in, in the last few weeks in relation to that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'd be deporting a lot of them. You know, uh, as soon as they commit a crime, mm. them and their families go home. Now, the mm. other thing I've been uh, talking about is that <laughs> Uh, when people come here from those countries, they're coming for refuge. Now, yes. a lot of these people have come eight or ten countries that mm. could have given them refuge and crossed those countries. And they've come Why to don't they go to countries come, in the area? They've come to Australia because of our... Uh, a very generous welfare system. So now, uh, and a lot of them have been running away from their enemies. So mm. what's happened is that uh, with ISIS, for instance, Australia sent troops over there and, and our good diggers have fought and died over there. Yeah. And now we've fought their battles for them that they ran away from. Uh, it's now safe for them to go back. So when you go and get refuge and, and now it's safe to go home, the idea is to get you home again, get you back to your homeland, to your loved ones, yeah. and you can start rebuilding it. The same with the Sudanese. Like Syria or whatever, yeah. The Sudanese in Sudan now has settled down. The, the civil yeah. war's uh, under control. It's time for the Sudanese to go home. They didn't. They said they came here for refuge. Well, refuge means you, you're here until you're safe. And then yep. you can go home. But of course, that's not the way it, it's uh, going to go. Because you know they're living in nice homes. They get all the money they want. They can belt up people anytime they like and steal your car and your your phone. So why the hell would they want to go back there? But uh, what I'm saying is that the taxpayers footed the bill all the time from mm. here. They footed the bill for our troops to go there and fight their battle 
So let's give the taxpayer a break. Let's, mm. let's send these people home where they bloody belong. Well, Donald Trump has had, a, had the issue that uh, many people who, who are immigrants from these kind of war, former war-torn countries or, or still war-torn countries, in a sense, they've, they've grown up in a, in a country where they've been brutalised. So why is it surprising that when they come here, they are brutal? You know, in the sense that, like, if, if all you've known is a war zone, mm. why is, like, you know, I mean, and, this, and there's often the talk of, like, ISIS fighters, like, returning to Australia, which is ridiculous. Yeah. They're beheading sex slaves over in, God knows what they're doing over in the, the parts of the world that they still control, which isn't many, thanks to Trump and a few others of late. But, like, the idea that that is happening in some parts of the, the Middle East or the Third World, and then now suddenly they'd make good neighbours in, I don't know, suburban Australia, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it can never happen. I mean, uh, Sudan's the third most dangerous country, country in the world, so... Yes. Uh, how they expect those people to come over here and integrate with peaceful people. They see what they want and uh, it's much easier to take it here than it is over there because there's no one with a machete to fight back here. No. They, they attack and, and a lot of the times it's 60 people, 60 young thugs who are building up a, you know, a husband and wife and a couple of kids. Mm. Um, you know, so exactly, that, that's not what we want in this country. I don't know any Australian who wants that. Uh, and somebody said, oh, how do we get them to integrate? And I said, uh, send them home, they can integrate. Why do you think the Australian media, and I guess the, even the, the global media, gives you such an unfair hearing so that this kind of more centrist, you know, almost like a kind of traditional Aussie dad, to use a quote or, or something, you know, kind of opinions. Why do you think you're being so marginalised for essentially talking common sense? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I guess uh, the further a community or, a, or a, a country strays from the truth, the more they hate somebody who tells the truth. Oh. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, all I'm saying is, uh, you know, I've never incited anyone uh, violence or or anything else like that. All yes. I'm saying is that, uh, you know, the Australian people, the government of this country's main purpose is to keep our people safe. Mm. Uh, that's not happening, and they haven't... They, they should have learnt from what we've seen in Europe, UK, France, Belgium, um, you know, Sweden, places like that. When you bring these people in here, we are attacked. You know, we're going to be, uh, you know, in trouble with uh, terrorist attacks and then thugs, brutal thugs like these Sudanese. Uh, why haven't we learnt and why hasn't our government done what they're supposed to do and that is protect the people of Australia. The best way to protect them now is start moving them back to where they came from. Thank you very much. Fraser Anning, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you for talking to us today at The Unshackled. I'm Richard Wollstonecroft here with Senator Fraser Anning and um, I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and supporting free speech um, no matter what politics uh, you are of. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs>